Hello, and welcome to the Cinephile New Wave. My name is Nick. And I'm Duran. And on today's episode, we will be discussing Shin Godzilla. Uh, but before we get to that, the news. So, some interesting things have been happening with Disney. Um, first of all, they reported their first quarterly loss in 20 years, which isn't like very surprising. But... Um, it definitely raises questions uh, on how they'll make up the money from um, what they would have gotten from theaters. Yeah, it's um, I kind of I found this surprising, but not surprising if you get what I mean. It's I I think it says a lot about their their track record that they have just ha- have really kind of hoisted themselves up from what they were in the 90s because that, I think, was when they were failing the most. Or I guess in the 2000s was when they were failing the most. But just to kind of mark how it's become, like, they they got from here to there, and now they're finally experiencing some sort of loss after 20 years. Yeah, I mean, with coronavirus, it's suspected for movie studios to, ex- to expect losses because... I mean, there's no movie theaters open in America right now. Yeah. Um, and for Disney, like, certainly the American market is, like, the biggest one they have, I believe. Yeah. Um, but to combat this, Disney said <laughs> it'll be a really good idea to release the Mulan remake on Disney+, Plus, not as an exclusive, not coming with the service, but for an additional $30 as a rental for 24 hours. Hey man, they gotta combat that the one loss they've had in the last <laughs> twenty years. So um, I mean, it's. Okay, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I know where they're coming from. Like Disney's just kind of up to its old tricks because they did this when. Um, funny, funny kind of history about this. They they did this same sort of thing when uh, home entertainment got big. Um, so when they when they announced that they were doing VHSs. They were very protective of them because they knew they could be uh, copied. Um, so they made uh, their VHS uh, tapes like outrageously expensive. So basically, you could only rent them. But I mean, it's it's the same general thing where they're just overpricing the shit out of this because they're Disney and they feel like they can. We all if, know that if yeah. you rent a VHS tape, you can't copy it. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, like you were saying, uh, it might seem reasonable because um, for a, if if you're renting it as an entire family, let's say you're like like family of four or something like that. I I never said it was reasonable. I said I got where they're coming from. No, no, no I know. I'm 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 <laughs> playing devil's advocate right now. Yeah, no. Um, Go ahead. I'm being a Disney lawyer. So, <laughs> if you have a family of four, the thirty dollar price tag isn't terrible since. That is actually going to be a significant difference from going to the movie theater. However, um, that's probably the only option where it's like even moderately acceptable. Because when you go to the movie theater, it's not like going to your living room and watching a movie. I mean, you can do that with any film, you know? Yeah. Uh, the movies are, are an experience in it of themselves. They're, they're not just... Um, another like medium to watch movies. That's, that, that's, that's, uh, there's a reason why it's called like the... Um, the theatrical like cinematic experience and and a lot of people can say that um going to theater to see a movie is a much different experience than watching it at home yeah. um 
And so, I mean, that's, I think, the main reason why I think the price tag is ridiculous. Especially yeah. because, I mean, it's only, like, a 24-hour rental. Um, well, I'm, I'm interested, you know, this seems like a fucking unreasonable price for most people, but uh, AMC did announce recently that, or, like, the CEO came out and was like, expect movie tickets to be much more expensive when movie theaters reopen, so, like... That had me concerned about, like, ticket prices, like, soaring after all this. To be honest, to be honest, um, that's actually something I would advocate for if theaters go the more, like, um, premium routes. So if, like, if theaters become more, like, movie palaces, like, like the ones where, like, like, I pick or, um, like, Alamo Drafthouse where, like, they serve you food and that kind of thing. I mean that would that would make sense for the for tickets to be more expensive, and I think that's actually a good idea since since people aren't going to the movies as often, um, much less people are going. It would make sense to provide a premium experience for those that want to go. I think that's yeah. completely reasonable. the The problem with what Disney is doing here is that um, if it succeeds, and it very well might, uh, it very well might, and if it succeeds, this is going to set a precedent for other studios and other Disney films to do a similar thing. Yeah. Um, it's uh, especially... they, someone, yeah. Someone did do the math, and uh, it turns out that if even half of all Disney Plus users uh, get Mulan, it's going to rake them in $900 million. And... So that's that's another thing to consider. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets, and that's not even counting the fact that that movie is going to open up in China, where I'm sure it'll do fucking gangbusters. And that's especially scary when you consider that um, there there was a there was a ruling I think in the late twenties or early thirties that pro- prohibited um, studios from having a vertical monopoly on um, film production and distribution. So this basically undercuts the need for a theater for for yeah. these uh, for these major chains, which would would mean that um, it's essentially a monopoly. Yeah. I am I am hopeful. Bob, uh, Bob Chapek, I think, is the CEO now. Uh, he said that they considered this a one-off. You know how how much should we believe them about this? But I I do think there is a trend in the entertainment industry for people to want theaters to open back up because I it may not seem like it from a business point of view, but like creatives and everyone they desperately want theaters to open back up of course when it's safe but still like i don't think most filmmakers would want to see the theater go away and i think that will be a significant push against this kind of thing happening for everyone yeah i mean uh honestly it would be like a disappointment if theaters went away but i wouldn't be terribly concerned about it what concerns me about the um What's happening with Mulan is, like I said, it's the precedent that this sets. So yeah. when you have like a lot of the other production companies following Disney's footsteps and making their rentals thirty dollars, um, once they stopped um, yeah, they, making their movies I going think... to theaters, it's gonna it, it's it's it, it's just like a ridiculous price tag. It's completely unreasonable. Yeah, it's been twenty dollars thus far, I think, from every other studio, and Disney had the gall to put it at thirty with uh, Mulan. So yeah. that's um. It's interesting. Uh, this kind of couples with the uh, the AMC thing that happened last week, with um, you know the fact that they're 
going to allow just 17 days later any movie that goes to theaters will come to uh like rental streaming it's 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 definitely worrying but um i don't know i i do have some hope that theaters will remain in some form or another yeah um i think i think like the um even the amc thing is relatively reasonable and i I definitely understand if movies are moving like away from the theater um since they're really like a dying industry um in all regards but uh, like I said, I'm just, I'm mainly concerned about um, what this does. No, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say in all regards. What do you mean? I don't know. I mean, like you know, uh, I'm always quick to point to this, but you know, Avengers Endgame, top finally topped the box office last year. Um, well, that's not including um, inflation. If you look at ticket sales, which I mean, is the yeah. most important metric, they've been going down basically since the 70s, probably or the 80s, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, still, movies are making money. Disney's still raking in billions each year from their cinema efforts. So, I, I, I get it. I get what you're saying that, like, you know, the the ticket metric is the one to be measured. But I don't think it's fair to say that it's completely dying as an industry. I think there is, you know, still some intrigue from it. Well, it's not dead, but it's dying yeah i mean i mean where 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 do you place it on the level of dead uh like how how close to dying how close to dead is it do you think i mean i don't see movie theaters existing and and what they are right now in the next like 25 30 years hmm. i mean i think yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm i think i definitely think that we're gonna get to a point where um i think theaters will definitely be smaller i think that's kind of more it, it'll smaller, be a yeah, kind of kind of what you said a smaller more intimate experience you know where you get kind of waited on it doubles as like a restaurant um, yeah i think whatever happens that's that's where it's moving more towards and also like probably the complete death of um the well maybe not the death of the indie theater but no, there's gonna be like no room for like mid-budget low-budget or like art films in the theater anymore i don't think yeah, um, a lot of that. I mean, is, is Netflix was already kind of doing that anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not concerned necessarily about the where the art film is going because we've seen that um, even like the very mainstream streaming services like Netflix are willing to fork over a lot of money to produce art <laughs> films. Yeah, um, like Netflix in Netflix's case, they they forked over like over two hundred million dollars for The Irishman so they could get that Oscar campaign going. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm excited for that. Um, uh, and that that new like freedom for newer and like already established on Twitter directors via streaming is definitely a good thing. I mean, it sucks that a lot of these art films aren't going to go to the theater. Um, but uh, I, I think we'll I think happens. that's I that's think... where I disagree with you. I think there will be a place for big. Th- I, I think you're right about the mid budget. Uh, mid and kind of lower tier budget thing happening, but I do think that uh, there will always be a place to view uh, art films. I don't know. In my opinion, I just yeah. I mean, there's gonna be like independent theaters still, but yeah. they're gonna be like maybe two in like your state, if not. <laughs> um, I mean, like the like the AFI that's that's near me. I don't really think that's gonna close because it gets funding directly from AFI. Yeah, but I, I'm saying like 
for most people, they, they don't really have access to those kind of theaters. So whenever they want to see movies that are not like the um, mainstream ones, they have to go to their like local AMC or whatever, or maybe like uh, like a landmark or something. Yeah, I've never been in the r slash movies typical situation where it's like I have to drive eight hours to my local theater or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I, <laughs> All of those comments that come up whenever it's like theaters. And, and it's for something like for, for a movie like The Lighthouse or something. Which I is know. Like not, even, not even like a low budget movie. It's not really. even that niche. It's, yeah. it's... Um, I, I really think that those are going to you're, you're not yeah. going to really see those in theaters anymore. Like I know that... Um, well, AMC, you'll probably see them at art theaters, if anything. Only at art theaters, and the amount of yeah. art theaters is going to be lower. Like, I know that AMC had a, um... It's doing this thing where they, 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 they like, promote, like, art films. They like, call it, like, their golden selection or whatever. I don't remember exactly what the yeah, something program like that. is. But, um... I mean, that, that allowed, like, movies like, uh... Parasite or, like, The Favorite or whatever to be shown in, like, mainstream theaters. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's, unfortunately, probably the truth yeah but maybe it's we're only time. gonna we're yeah. only gonna be able to see uh sonic 2 uh nice. next marvel movie nice and dc project number 12 hell yeah dude Very only exciting. movies that will ever exist uh <laughs> past the year 2021 i think with that we should move on to the next <laughs> bit of news um, yeah you want me to cover this sure go ahead um so uh Captain Marvel 2 has its director in uh, Nia DaCosta, who is a uh, woman of color, um, which is a good move for the studio because uh, diversity. I, I haven't really seen any of her movies. I know Little Woods is good, and she's going to be making the new Candyman. Or I guess she, she made it. It was supposed to be out already. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see how this goes because the first one was just kind of middling and mediocre. Got anything to say about Captain Marvel 2? I can't imagine you do. I mean, I haven't seen the first one, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, I, I don't hate it. <laughs> this is one of the movies I'm going to see for $40 in theaters. Hell this is gonna be the yeah. the first one. I'm very excited. At least if it's $40, they'll probably include a meal. Or not. <laughs> no nice capitalism. <laughs> uh, My God. What have we become? Yeah, we're fucked, dude. What's, what's next? Um, well, uh, Netflix did the thing. Uh, so they, Netflix has introduced a feature to, um, watch movies at either double speed or half speed. All right. You know, there's only, let's there's, watch The Shining at double speed the only, way Stanley there, intended it. No, 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 no. There's only one film where it's acceptable to change the speed on Netflix. You're only allowed to use this feature. If you watch the Iron Man and ha the what's it called? Not Iron Man, the other one, the Irishman, at <laughs> half at half speed, that's the only way you're allowed well, to. What use about it. when they finally add Satan Tango to Netflix? Then you then you, you can also watch it at half speed, yeah. Or double speed. You're, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to use <laughs> double speed ever. You're allowed to use double speed on uh, Adam Sandler movies, so yeah. it, it you're over with it faster. Yeah, I I don't really care that they added this. I mean, like it's it's good that they have the option. It's, it's fine. It, I'm never like, going to use it. Yeah, people that people that watch like 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 movies on double speed need to like go to an insane asylum and never leave. I'll never understand <laughs> yeah. that. It's it's yeah. sick. But I mean if you're hey. watching like The Bachelorette or whatever at double speed, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> or Speaking of 
Netflix. Uh, did you see the I'm Thinking of Ending Things trailer, and what are your thoughts? I did. Um, it made me want to read the book. Looks interesting. Oh, it's based on a book. Yeah. I think this is one of his first adaptations. I could be wrong. Um, by his, I mean Charlie Kaufman, the director. Yeah. This is his second, no, third, feature. third directing yeah. job? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, after uh, Anomalies and Synecdoche, New York. Um, I'm a fan of the Kaufman that I've seen. I haven't seen everything by him, but, you know, everything I've seen so far, Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine, I really like those, so I'm excited to see what happens with this. I'm just desperate for new films, and this is, like, the only one that really looks promising to me right now. It I, looks really weird, and that's what I'm very excited about. I'm, I'm sorry, David Fincher, but I don't really give a shit about your fucking... Mank? Yeah. Mank? The, the, the biopic of the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. Like, I don't care. I'm sorry. Listen, I get you want to support your dad, but, like, no one wants to watch this. <laughs> um, I don't know. It might be great. Who knows? I mean, I'll probably watch it anyway, because, like I said, I have no other movies to watch. Yeah. I've, I've watched, like, one good movie this year, and it was, like, Werner Herzog's 800 film. Um, Q, Q fucking November, where we're doing a fucking four-hour podcast on Mank, because it's amazing somehow. <laughs> when we watch it on half speed. <laughs> um but for i'm thinking of ending things i'm, I'm excited like 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 you i liked a lot of the coffin i saw um yeah. i've only I'm excited seen... about the the whole aspect of time sorry you can finish um i've only seen one movie he directed which was Snacking in new york which is kind of like a shitty version of eight and a half but <laughs> um i mean like I, I i like how weird and creative he is and like he doesn't really give a fuck so yeah. i'm definitely I'm excited, excited to see one. my man jesse plemons Oh yeah, I, I liked uh, Tony Collette's gonna be in this, and I liked her role yeah. from what I saw in the trailer. Who was who was the old man? I couldn't tell. No, do no, we no. know? Is he anyone? I don't know, dude. I know. The girl was just in uh, Chernobyl, and uh, I think it was called like Wild Rose or something. She becomes like an Irish country singer. It's weird. Anyway, nice. I'm I'm excited. I I think it looks cool. Yeah. I don't really know any other films that are coming out this year, like, confirmed that I'm excited for. Except for maybe the Eric Andre show, season five. Dude, what about the New Mutants? Uh, that's not coming out this year. Dude. <laughs> Come on. It's coming out. August like 28th. It's happening, it's I not, swear. It's not. <laughs> I swear. It's going to happen. Oh, man. I can't wait to see Dune in theaters. Oh, no. This year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Rip. Gotta go to the fucking Inception 10th anniversary screening just to see the trailer. Oh, I can't wait. Like, I I'm gonna get coronavirus <laughs> so I can support Daddy Nolan and Tenet and the Inception 10th anniversary. All the, all, the, all the posts where it's just, like, the people in hospital beds saying Tenet was worth <laughs> it, guys. Those are the best. <laughs> I loved it so much. Oh, they're so good. Uh, I can't wait to watch Tenet on my, like, 22-inch screen... <laughs> like a chinese pirated copy that's releasing in oh china my soon God. <laughs> uh, um and then the last bit of news uh john wick 5 uh is going to be shooting back to back with its uh fourth one so we did uh, it boys john wick 5 confirmed i don't know i'm i'm excited i think these are the last two if they're shooting them back to back because it sounded like they wanted to finish um yeah i didn't really like john wick 3 to be honest I know. Um, you said it was... What'd you say it was? It was too much of something? Oh, yeah, there's too much, like, gimmicks. Yeah. I don't know. 
And I, I kind of like the whole gimmick fight. I think this whole series is hung on gimmick fights. Nah, it's, it's fun when you're just, like, shooting people. <laughs> and, I mean, the, the, the main problem I had with it was, like, the story was very much written for a sequel. And I'm just like, alright, whatever, dude. And so, yeah. based on the fact that there's going to be two more movies, I know the fourth one's going to be written exactly the same way. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get, if... like, super drunk or high and watch these. If I am correct, that that last one will be uh, will be the last one. Uh-huh. And then we have the TV series. Is going to be a fucking TV series? You didn't hear about this? No. Dude, this has been in development since, like, the second one, and they swear it's coming out. But... Is it, is it going to be with John Wick or no? No, it's going to be about the hotel. Wow, dude. I can't wait. That's such deep lore. It's going to be on Showtime, I can, think. Can Lance Reddick be the main character? I wish I were LeVar Burton. I wish I were LeVar Burton! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man anyway shall, shall move on to i'm excited but yeah we can move on to uh shin godzilla now all right uh, <laughs> so uh shin godzilla is a 2016 film uh directed by hideki ano uh most famous for neon genesis evangelion and uh co-directed by shinji Maguchi, i believe his name is pronounced um it's it's a godzilla movie it's uh i'd say this one focuses a bit more on the like government side about it and how to defeat the creature more than uh it is focused on the creature but yeah it's uh it's an interesting film uh do you want to what were your thoughts um i'm not like the greatest judge for kaiju movies because is that how you pronounce it yeah, kaiju. Kaiju, yeah, because like I don't really like them typically, <laughs> but I think this is probably the best one I've seen, um, for a few reasons. I mean, I really like the creature design. Uh, he looked gross and weird, and he had like bad CGI blood, um, <laughs> and he had really stupid eyes. Listen, fifteen million dollar budget. <laughs> um, <laughs> and but I think, uh, the Godzilla films are often criticized for being like. 15 minutes of interesting blowing stuff up and like two hours of just people talking um yeah and actually well this film definitely suffers from that too i did enjoy the people talking this time because yeah. um there are some interesting things going on with this film because uh there was there was definitely more of a focus on politics than the other godzilla films except for maybe the original um and it, it like this film is very very clearly it's supposed to be a mirror of the original. It's almost like a remake of the original. Um, yeah. Even in terms of the allegory of what Godzilla is meant to represent. Yeah. And having shared characters, apparently, because that, uh, as I found out, that researcher was the main character of the original Godzilla. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I To touch on the design let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room let's talk about the eyes the eyes the strange googly eyes that this thing has i yes it's weird but i think i i get where they're coming from because it was supposed to be like kind of fish eyes and it does start in the water so it it makes sense that it has fish eyes from like a you know evolutionary standpoint all right i just have one question nick all right go ahead are fish eyes made out of paper? Uh, not as far as I'm aware. All right. Well, Shin Godzilla's eyes are made out of paper. I rest, I rest my case. 
understand. I love how they they did the thing where they like cover his eyes with like another layer and like that hmm. it looks better. Yeah. <laughs> in those in those few seconds. <laughs> but, but then they decide to uncover them like a little bit later and it's just like just just keep it that way. Why'd you do that? Um well since we're on we're talking about his design, let's talk about some of the other technical aspects of the film, specifically the CGI. Yeah. So, like you said, this was done on a budget, which is kind of weird, because it's a Godzilla yeah. film, but I guess, like... Um, it was Hideki Anno. They didn't know if he would deliver or commit suicide. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anno. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, you have to put it in context, that generally, like, Japanese blockbusters are made for much less than yeah. American blockbusters are, because, I mean, the, the industry is obviously smaller there. Yeah. Um... And you could definitely tell from the CGI that they were on a budget. Uh, I, 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 I think I think the jankiest, yeah. yeah, the jankiest is definitely the boats. Me and you yeah. and me discussed over text. Yeah, a lot of like the vehicles and stuff that were like being thrown around looked really bad. Yeah, the cars seemed like they had no weight when he was throwing cars around. Mm -hmm. Which like, I mean, I, well. I guess it shows his power. Like, is he's very strong, but still like they didn't feel like it felt like they were paper mache yeah like but, in terms of yeah um the buildings looked okay but usually buildings are easier to do in cgi yeah uh because we've done buildings over and over again yeah but i think that the the creative design themselves even though it looked a little bit wonky in cg looked pretty good i liked how like gross looking he was yeah and... i liked the the red tinge that he had mm -hmm. the kind of red underbelly that really that really works when it was like when they showed some nighttime shots of him and it right. was just glowing and stuff. It was great. I really liked that. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty good. Um, for for some of the other things, I just felt like the look of this movie looks very like digital, if you know what I'm saying. And I um I think that I'm not. I do. Of, I think that's. Yeah. I'm not that's... one of the. I'm not one of those guys who is like, digital cinematography sucks. Only shot on film because that's like really stupid. But I think I think in this film specifically, I feel like they didn't color correct anything, and it looked like a like a Netflix production almost. Yeah, it was it like a Netflix TV show. Now that you bring it up, yeah, the color, the color correction was probably like nil. Mm -hmm. It's the the army uniforms were just so green. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. But um, you were mentioning that there is a reason why it looked digital uh well yeah the <laughs> i just want to make sure what are we talking about when we when we say that the film what well what what it... i i assume you're talking about the shaky cam bits uh just everything yeah um well i think they did it just because it was kind of like a a ground level kind of thing where it's like citizens are recording what's happening yeah um at least that was my that was my kind of consensus on the shaky cam the rest of it i guess there's no need for it to be that digital looking mm -hmm. but i i do think it kind of works when it's you know someone's laptop camera or it's um you know a phone footed found footage kind yeah. of thing i liked uh, there was like i think there's one shot where like it's very explicitly through like some guy's iphone that was no, uh cool. the laptop shot i think there's there's, there's, there's a, a shot there's where a, they're like another looking one. at a screen 
they're all looking at a laptop and you can see the stuff that's on the screen but you can also see them yeah, yeah. I, th I thought that show was cool well like it's it's yeah. an interesting way to do that there's a different show i'm talking about where it's oh which one fun. um i don't remember what it, it was but i remember like it, it had like the, the border yeah um if if i may uh you may let's talk about the cinematography because we have very differing opinions on this sure um i i, I wasn't a huge fan but i guess i didn't like i said before my issues with the cinematography my, my most of my issues weren't with the cinematography it was more of the general look of the film and a lot of that mm. came from the color correct correction and i mm. guess like the lenses they used um were just very uh to put it broadly i guess generic looking and especially like um like netflix tv show looking i don't really know how to describe it beyond that um and i definitely yeah. like i i was bored to death of the uh, shaky cam since it's kind of like an overused trope from like 10 years ago at this point yeah i i kind of said I, it makes sense i get it i get why they put it in it it does fade after a while which is good but after cloverfield like there's no point in doing a kaiju movie with shaky cam yeah i mean that was 10 years ago right yeah that was no it was 12 years ago at this point i Jesus. think that was 2008 I meant uh, since, yeah. the movie, since this movie came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Yeah? Yeah, I think it may have been 10 years since from Cloverfield to here. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I don't know when Cloverfield <laughs> came out. <laughs> um, but I, I, I really, really liked all of the, like... There was this one really amazing shot of Godzilla where he's just, like, standing in the ruined city and there's like a bunch of flames and stuff behind him and i i just it looked really cool i thought all of his weird powers looked cool like the lasers yeah. and the fire i like how it doesn't come like directly out of his mouth at first like there's like a little gap between it where it's mm -hmm. like there's gas being released and then there's like the actual flame coming out yeah i kind of like a lighter <laughs> if that makes sense the lighter yeah okay yeah 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 um I yeah I don't know I I really liked uh, just the way they presented Godzilla in this film I like the kind of more bureaucratic elements how you know people were using this to their political advantage people were using this to um, you know do this and that with the situation but when push came to shove everybody was woefully un underprepared for this they did take action in the end but like the the whole startup kind of <laughs> it reminded me of real life how there's this kind of inaction and you're trying to figure out what exactly is the best course the the best thing to do and it reminded me of you know now and coronavirus and whatnot how the u.s certainly didn't act accordingly that's a good point um i initially was kind of annoyed at the editing in like the first 10 to 20 minutes but it made when Hideki I thought Ayano of, did his Hideki Ayano thing. Yeah, but I mean, when I thought about it more, it made sense because of like how crazy everything was, and they had to, yeah. they had to I guess show a lot and give everything context before they could really like introduce the main characters. Yeah. And get the plot going. Um, and speaking of the characters, um, there while there is technically like a main character and like a like a couple main characters, 
I did like how it was much more of a collective protagonist than yeah. a singular one. Like, um, from what I know about the original Godzilla, I still haven't seen it. I've only seen the the American recut of it, King of the Monsters. The white-splained version. Exactly. Thank God. <laughs> um, so I haven't seen the original Godzilla, so I could be wrong about this. But from what I remember, there's definitely, like, the, uh, there's, like, that old guy who's probably the main character. And then yeah. there's, like, a scientist dude. And then, like, there's, like, that girl. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's, like, definitely, like, a pretty, like, tight main cast. But uh, with this film, it's it's a lot it's it's a lot looser, um, which definitely gave the impression that this entire country, and also to like a lesser extent, like the rest of the world, is trying to um, find a way to stop this monster. Yeah. Which um, do you do you want to kind of talk about the uh, cultural uh, significance of kind of why this movie was made when it was made? Sure. Um... So, from again, what I know about the original Godzilla, it was supposed to be an allegory for um, uh, the nukes that were dropped on Japan um, and how Godzilla, like the monster, was uh, nature's reckoning almost for, 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 for doing that. Um, and so a lot of the Godzilla movies afterwards kind of forgot about or intentionally sidestepped this cultural or political context um and it's from again i haven't seen the movie but from what i know it's decently clear that um there's all these underlying tensions in the original but um so this movie uh from what i know about the production they wanted it to be more faithful to the original and they kind of like forgot all the other movies and wanted to focus almost on like a remake of the original but set like in the modern day so the tragedy that they that um anno and the creative team used instead was the um the tsunami of i believe like 2011 2012 um and the destruction of the um of the uh, the power plant the nuclear power plant i forget the name of yeah um and all the radiation that went into the surrounding area um since there's like this this constant like theme of like radiation in this movie yeah so that's, I... that's most of the context yeah yeah, so I I do think the original Godzilla was... It was Nature's Reckoning, but it doubled as Godzilla himself was the bomb. I believe in some readings was the case. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I... Yeah. Uh, but I... I like that they, they went back to this kind of formula of, like, this is about Japan, you know, uh, picking itself up after... You know, such a great tragedy has happened, and it, especially in the end, it it comes through that like this is it's it's about, you know, it's it's Japan, it's Japan, uh, getting getting off its ass after it was knocked down on it, and it's I thought it was just a very cool thing to do since you know, like you said, all of the other ones are just kind of monsters fighting. Well, there are people, but the, it's mostly you know. Look, it's a giant turtle fighting a T-Rex. <laughs> um, I definitely like that they went back and touched upon this theme again. Especially, like you said, since Japan had to do so much rebuilding since the disaster. Yeah. But the reason why it didn't really work for me as well is because um, in the original Godzilla, uh, like I said before, we're talking about Nature's Reckoning. Um, but also... Uh, 
I'm not saying that the Japanese deserve to be nuked because that's kind of a sketchy <laughs> thing to say, but uh, Japanese imperialism played a really big role, I think, in like a lot of the context of the original film. Yeah. Um, and so this very, very imperialistic nation went out um, to Manchuria and like a bunch of other places of horrible atrocities and then was basically like annihilated because of it, you know? So like in some ways, uh, like I guess uh, in some ways they might have, some, some could, un- could think that they deserved the, um, the destruction that followed and then the, the need to rebuild afterwards. If you can understand yeah, well, what I, I'm saying. And then, yeah, and this, well, and, I, wait, wait, wait. And, and this yeah. film, um, and, and this disaster specifically that we're talking about, I, I, they didn't really deserve any of it. They didn't really get anything that, that, that was coming to them. So I didn't really, uh, I, I couldn't really see how um, the monster could have been representative of all that in this case. Yeah, well, I th- one of the themes that I, I picked up on was just um, the general, like, who has power? It's, I felt like it was, uh, they kind of tied it in with the U.S. The U.S. was just so ready to drop a nuke on Godzilla, even though it would kill millions of people. But um, they, it, it's it's about, like, who should really have all this power to cause this much destruction when a disaster is faced, you know? I I thought that was interesting. I I know that it doesn't, exactly work with godzilla but i still found it interesting enough to um you know warrant this movie being a thing at all yeah i mean i did i did find it interesting i just don't think that the allegory was justified here true um what about uh what about the music because the music was kind of familiar um one of the composers of the film um well i guess uh, for some reason, the original Godzilla composer is also credited in this film. Well, yeah, so, because they do reuse the original theme. Right. Um, so but the, the main composer of this film is, I forget his name, uh, Shiro Sagusi. I probably pronounced it incorrectly. Sagisu. My bad. He's also the uh, main composer for basically everything in Neon Genesis Evangelion, including the... <laughs> um, the film end of Evangelion and the new uh, trilogy of films. Yeah. And, they, and they very explicitly reuse one of the themes in, um, or one of the sound, one of the pieces from NGE in this film specifically. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's the piece where, where that plays whenever um, nerve headquarters and NGE are. Um, Decisive battle. What? Decisive Battle is the name of the track. Decisive Battle, okay, yeah. So whenever they're about to, um, whenever they're making a plan and about to, like, go fight the angels. And they use that in, in, in this, in, like, a really similar uh, time when they're making a plan against Godzilla, I believe. They use it a couple Just, times. That's kind of, it's it's cool. It's a Anno touch for all yeah. those Evangelion fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, like, a couple of Ava references also, right? Yeah. There's, uh, during, during the, like, jump cut edits of like all the people on social media talking about the event <laughs> one of them is a twitter user named baka shinji with a uh asuka icon so uh <laughs> yeah i you know that was cool i like that that was pretty you funny know, shout out um yeah some, some of the other uh things that reminded me of ava uh well mainly was the how the editing was done 
So I haven't seen any of Anna's other live action films, although I really want to now because they seem very interesting. Although the Blu-ray costs $170 for the trilogy of his live action films, so I'm not paying for that. But um, <laughs> in Ava, there's this like really common edit and it's kind of hard to describe, but basically what happens is someone is talking, maybe at somebody or to the camera Usually only this person is in the frame. And then, like, the millisecond they finish speaking, uh, it cuts to, like, a, a wide shot or some kind of shot with no people in it that's nearly silent or with just, um, like, ambient sound playing. And this cut is so <laughs> common in this film that it actually started to annoy me near the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... I, I did feel kind of a uh, parallel between the first episode of this and when, like, the military arrives. Um, or the, the first episode of Evangelion and this, where, um, you know, the all the military arrives and there's tanks and whatnot. And they're all just, mm -hmm. like, looking at this thing from afar and it's, uh, it's very, like, w our attacks didn't work? Oh! <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's just that, that same sort of feel. And I know that that's, like, that's not exactly an original thing, but still, it reminded me of Evangelion, so that's yeah, cool. There's definitely, like, a lot of Anno in this. Um, it, it definitely doesn't feel like he did this as, like, a crash grab. It, it definitely felt like he, he, he genuinely was interested in, like, the artistic process when it came yeah. to this film. And, and he really was interested in doing justice to the original film and, by nature, the legacy of um, Godzilla in Japan. Yeah. And I, I th think he succeeds, or at least the Japanese thought he succeeded, considering this won the Japanese Academy Award. Yep, and then for, he also uh, got for a, Best Picture. And he got Best Director as well. Dude, um, actually, it won. Man it can won, do anything. It won uh, seven of the awards, apparently. Nice. After being nominated 11 times. So that's pretty nice. good. I, uh, one quick thing I want to mention, the American actors in this. They oh, talk yeah. so weird. <laughs> really? What do you mean? Like, it. I don't know if they were actually American because they had like this. It's it's like this subtle thing about the way they spoke. It was it was very strange. Um. Well, there there's like that one lady who's like the the envoy from yeah. America who's very yeah. clearly like not an English speaker. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but besides her, like the ones that like um seem like the one speak. who wants to be president yeah 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 besides besides <laughs> her like the ones that speak seem like they their their uh, first language is english or at least they they speak yeah. a lot of it um they kind of have like um i feel like it was uh, the the uh the american accents definitely were exaggerated and i yeah. think that was intentional um mm, probably i didn't think about it that way because hmm. like i i, I don't know how to describe it exactly it's not really like transatlantic but i i don't i don't know i'm, not, I'm no linguist. it's it's whatever it's whatever like the new american accent is whatever you want to call it the like standard it's what we have there's yeah. not really anything like it's not southern it's not like you know yeah like uh whatever. yeah it, but it's certainly like i did i did see that i was exaggerated in certain parts yeah, it was it was funny. I just 
I heard it, and it was mm-hmm. strange. Um, um, and speaking about like what Americans did in this movie, I I, I did I did find um, the relationship between the two countries uh, very interesting in this. Yeah, I I really liked the whole like how they got into what each country was kind of doing at a certain point to help them, but especially the U.S. Uh, Japan relationship, especially yeah. considering that they were the main ones who helped them rebuild after they dropped the nukes. Yeah, I think there's this interesting line near the end of the film where one of the bureaucrats, I don't remember his name, says that uh, we're perpetually a post-war country. <laughs> yeah, which um, was... Yeah, and I found that interesting because, I mean, like, the U.S. was trying to meddle with everything. Like, they were trying to take over yeah. the whole operation at one point, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they... The U.S. literally wrote them a new constitution to, like, be governed by, didn't they? Oh, I, I meant... Think. No, I meant in... Sorry, I meant in this film... Um, Oh, they they were trying yeah. to take over the whole Godzilla operation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it was it was a UN operation, but right. You know. <laughs> UN, I think they, they said it explicitly, um, a UN operation led by the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. <laughs> that is uh <laughs> That's just so good. That's yeah. like uh um I did want to do a quick comparison of, you know, how this kind of compares to the 2014 remake, which I think is what spurred the the making of this, was like Toho wanted to make one of their own after they saw the Americans uh, make one. Do they, they, um, they fuck it up, the Americans? Uh, I mean, not as bad as last time. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not as bad as the 1998 one, but uh, the 2014 one, it clearly misses the cultural context and i think that's why most american godzilla movies or i guess the three that exist don't really work is because they they miss what godzilla was about and i know that the other films miss what it's about too but the like they're the ones who inspired the kind of making of godzilla so it's hard for them it's hard for americans to know like it's it's hard for them to be on the same level because it's not the same cultural background that's making these films, and I think that a lot of what goes into these is that. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned uh, something similar to this last podcast, but um, if you're not part of a certain culture specifically, or like gender or race or whatever, or just like a community, it's very difficult to. Um, well, one, completely understand what's going on there, or understand to a certain extent, and two, create art that's supposed to um, say something about that community, or be, like, spawned from that community. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, it... um, the, like for, for just, like, as a very rough example, um, I, there, there are no, like, male film, like, filmmakers that can talk about uh, feminist issues that I've seen on the same level as, like, um, Chantal Ackerman can, for example. Yeah. Like Agnes Varda or Vera Hitlova. Celine Sciamma. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> she's she's like a really interesting one recently. Yeah, um, it's uh, even even in the way that they approached Godzilla in the 2014 film is just like completely different because I they they do build up to showing him, but it's it's not in the same way that they do here, where it's like they clearly take their time it's it's about the nuclear waste aspect of it and it's it's about you know what happened after uh the significant event of you know 
Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. It, it it is an approach with the same like kind of respect for that event, and I mean, they they do their best in respecting that in twenty the twenty fourteen one, but certainly not as much as here. Yeah, yeah, I, I um from from what I've heard, that yeah. makes sense. Um, like I said, the only two Godzilla movies I've seen are the uh, <laughs> the American version of the original and this one. Yeah, I um. I wanna I wanna watch like all of them. They're all on HBO Max. Hmm. <laughs> all the Japanese ones, I mean. Oh really? So... I thought it was just the Showa era ones. Oh, it may just be the Showa era ones. Because those are the ones that, that are on um Criterion also. Hmm. They may have all of them be just because Warner Brothers I think has distribution rights for Godzilla movies in America. Hmm. So Or I guess they didn't on this one. This one was uh, Funimation, I think, distributed in North America. But anyway, point is, uh, Godzilla's cool. Okay, wait, wait. This might be kind of like off topic. Am I stupid sure, or, or, or is Gamera related to Godzilla at all? Uh, it was originally a rival franchise. I think there's a crossover movie at some point. But okay. yeah, it's it was originally just made as like a kind of knock off of it but gotcha okay well um aero video the the uk distributor just released a box set of uh all the gamera films nice um yeah uh so if you would like uh general thoughts about the film i'm i'd wrap up by just saying that uh it's it's definitely worth a watch it's definitely an interesting film it gave me um kind of jaws vibes is what i said in terms of like it's not about it is about the creature but it's also more about what the creature causes than anything else which i found interesting and then it also kind of reminded me of dr strangelove in a way by just the fact that a lot of you know people are sitting around a room not really getting anything done at least in the beginning uh to you know stop what's happening they're just kind of arguing and not getting not getting anything done. <laughs> hmm. Um I think that like I said before, it's probably my favorite kaiju 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 kai I don't know, dude. Kaiju. Kaiju movie. Kaiju. Kaiju movie that I've seen. You got it, bro. But I just I don't know. I don't like these kind of movies. I get kind of bored. Um yeah. I I get it. Yeah. But I I did like what they were doing with the politics. Um I liked all the a lot of the bureaucracy stuff, even though like the individual characters weren't really developed at all. They were kind of two D. Although I liked yeah. um, the commentary about the U.S. and um, I liked a lot how um, U.S. was some... just so ready to drop a third nuke on Japan oh, yeah. in this movie. <laughs> that was that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> and um, I also liked uh, how a lot of the politicians were trying to use this. Um, to their own like political benefit i thought that was pretty realistic yeah that yeah um and oh, at least i haven't i didn't i haven't really seen element. something like that in a movie like this before so i thought that was cool yeah. um so yeah i mean i didn't i didn't hate it i didn't love it i thought it was all right recommended if you like these kind of movies yes if you don't know <laughs> <laughs> good answer um yeah uh so if you want to do you want to move on to uh, what we've been watching, reading, doing? 
Sure. Nick, what have you been watching? What have you been reading? What have you been playing? What have you been listening to? Uh, well, uh, I've been listening to uh, um, even more waves than usual. Um, uh, you know, they're just... They're surf rock. They're cool. I, I love them a lot. Uh, if, if you want to start with them, dear listeners, uh, you should begin with King of the Beach. That's probably their best album. But... Um, in terms of what I've been watching, uh, I actually, I binged the first season of the animated Harley Quinn show in a day because they just put it on HBO Max. And it's just, it's just very easily watchable, digestible content. And is that like in general, for kids it's or funny. Adults? No, it's, it's very adult oriented. Like right. it's really violent. <laughs> it's a really, really violent show. Um, but I, I really like it. It's, um, you know, it's funny. It kind of, you know, goofs on Batman and the entire DC universe. So it's it's fun in that way. I really like that they have, like, everyone in that show. Like, Green Lantern is there, the entire Justice League. Uh, Lex Luthor shows up. Like, literally no one's off the cards for this show, which is an interesting thing because most don't do that. They usually stick to, like, only the Justice League and Justice League villains, or only Batman and Batman villains, or only Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman villains, and so on and so forth. But this one basically plays with the entire sandbox, which is cool. Um, I did watch one movie, uh, The Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, good conclusion to the trilogy. I really liked it. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, pretty solid. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. There is, uh, like, there is shaky cam like there's a lot of shaky cam but i understand why they filmed it that way it's like, the 2000s I, what are you gonna do that well that and i think the the purpose of using that kind of cinematography is that like you know it's supposed to be surveillance it's supposed to be filmed from afar you're watching you're spying on jason as he's spying on you know treadstone and all that which mm. is i like that that's cool um and then I actually rewatched The Bourne Identity because I watched The Bourne Ultimatum with my parents. So they were like, put on the first one again. So I was like, okay. And <laughs> I I did I really like it. I really like that movie. I I love the globe trotting aspect of it and that's how like fun. kind of physical it is. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a really solid trilogy. Um Yeah. Second one second one's okay. Yeah. It has Carl Urban, which kind of makes up for it. Mm. I love Carl Urban. Good man. Good man. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's everything I've watched. Cool. Um, actually, for the first time in my entire life, I didn't watch a new movie this week except for Shin Godzilla. Bruh. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to hell. Been but, reading anything? Yeah, so I finished um, The Trial by Kafka. Uh, that was probably a better use of your time anyway. <laughs> It was it was really good. Um, I still think I prefer the Orson Welles film a little bit, but uh, yeah, this was this was a trip, man. Your stand for Daddy Orson. Oh, he's the best. It was <laughs> it was it was a trip, um, and I but I definitely That's think good. that Kafka is more suited for short stories since this book almost felt like a loosely connected collection of short stories. Hmm. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I did like that aspect of it. 
uh, definitely would, would recommend if you have any interest in Kafka whatsoever. Cool. Um, in terms of what I watched, so I finished Cowboy Bebop, the series, after three years. Finally finished it. Um, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to say the the more controversial opinion of uh... all right all right all right so <laughs> okay the reason why people think this show is like god tier is because they haven't watched anything else um, which may be true or they only watch anime uh yeah. but it is very solid the animation is like amazing um the the designs of like the ships and the characters and all the drawings look, look fantastic um and the music of course is like god tier yeah but like i felt like a lot of the individual episodes were very didactic um to like a really annoying like black mirror degree <laughs> um although it's still entertaining to watch um and the ending i thought was cool and i, I won't spoil it i guess but I think that that's the, the reason yeah, people I think, think it's deep. Yeah, I think that it um, it carries a lot of the show on its back um, in, in wrapping up like the arc of the main character, Spike. Um, which I didn't even know would really need to be necessary since there's only like maybe four episodes, four or five episodes in the whole show that have some kind of like real continuity to them. And they are all, like, the best episodes in, in the show, like, for sure. But they feel very disconnected to, like, the other um, individual episodes that have, like, their own self-contained stories. And a lot of those are kind of, like, shitty, if I'm being honest. The story, yeah. I, I mean, everything else about the show I really liked, but some of the individual stories were really, <laughs> really shitty. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, need, I still need to get past episode six. Nice, nice. Took me uh, a... <laughs> I'll wow. take three years as well. I'll, yeah. I'll get back to you in three years about how I feel about this show. But honestly, though, like it's just it's a great time. Um, would would still recommend. Probably yeah. one of my favorite animes. Probably like top ten. Although I've only watched like ten, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I watched the end of Evangelion twice, which is a mistake, and I'm never gonna Jesus. do that ever again, because I wanted to kill yeah. myself at the end of that, dude. Oh yeah. my god. Um, that was yeah. <laughs> I I always. That was the first movie I think where I I felt sick emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> like there was just it's so overwhelming on the emotional level that it's I I almost threw up during the third impact. <laughs> nice. I definitely didn't cry during the third impact <laughs> twice when I saw it twice this week. Right. My my friends I got my friends into the show and they finish at different times. So I watched the film <laughs> and the thing is I didn't know my other friend was also watching the show. So I'm like, all right, I'll just watch End of Evangelion with my one friend. And then my other friend's like, oh, I finished the show. Let's watch the movie. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> um, I didn't have planned this at all. That was, that was, oh, God. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, because of that, I've been, I've been, I guess, getting a little bit more into Eva again recently. And I pulled out my bootleg DVDs of the, of the show and... Um, I, I, I listened to the English dub, the original English dub, <laughs> and for the life of me, I cannot understand why Weebs per, like prefer this dub to the fucking Netflix one, because it's so bad. It's terrible. 
It's terrible. It's one of the I think worst it's, songs. I think I've it's translation. To. I think it's the translation. Like no, but even like the translation is worse. Oh, I mean, I don't know uh. if the translation is worse, but it it feels um, like more disconnected from the visuals than than the than the Netflix ones. Um, <laughs> and like no no disrespect to like the people that worked on this dub because they produced some 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 great lines, definitely some great scenes, um, some some hilarious Dude. things. I, d I don't care what you say. The uh, the version of uh, Shinji's reality, the the fucking <laughs> oh, Toast Ray, where oh. Toast Ray comes from, mm -hmm. that whole scene in English is the best thing I've ever that's, seen. That's a masterpiece, dude. It's a masterpiece. Inside, in, encased in 24 episodes of not good dub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... And actually, I watched the I watched a bit of the new English dub, since my pleb friend would only watch it in English, and it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was actually I thought it was pretty well done actually. Wait, so did you watch End of Evangelion dubbed? I watched it dubbed once and then subbed the other time. I'm so sorry. It was actually fine. Um, oh. The performances were really good, but I mean, obviously, like the sub is like infinitely better. Yeah. But um, yeah, besides so, yeah, yeah that, that's that's uh, that's why I chose Shin Godzilla this week actually is because I was you know kind of interested in revisiting Anno. I think we will definitely do an Evangelion like super episode eventually, probably sure. when three point oh plus one point oh comes out <laughs> in that's twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be on episode two thousand and <laughs> we'll yeah. finally do it. Um, um, I'm, I was definitely interested in checking out his live action work, and yeah, now I didn't even know he had any, so I'm, yeah. I'm super excited to check that out. Um, or at least like, other than this. Yeah, I think he has a few other ones. Um, that look really, they're like they're interesting. Maybe we can do an episode on those. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be down. Yeah, um, but that's yeah. it for me. Um, for next week, I'm thinking we watch, um, Alexei Gierman's final film, Hard to Be a God, which is about um this, uh communist super organization that's um very scientifically advanced and they find this planet that's stuck in the medieval stage um and they're, they they go there to try to like help them advance to like um to their level but they 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 encounter uh conflicts and i don't know anything else about the film but hmm. it's written by the same guys i think the Strautsky brothers or something i, I probably got it hmm. wrong they wrote um, the book Stalker is based off of hmm. um, Roadside Picnic, and they're 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 known for for like countless sci-fi works. I mean, it's it sounds super cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited for this one. I I, I watched um, I talked about it a bit last week, but the other Garman film I saw was um, Crucial Off My Car, um, <laughs> which was a. Uh, like a like a dark comedy about the Stalin era, and I really liked it. He had a very he's a very very unique voice and a very unique way he uses the camera. So I'm really excited for Hard to Be a God, which is which a lot of people say is like probably his best film. Yeah. All yeah, right. That's well. It. Yeah. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, yeah. Please. Uh, please. Please come back. Please. Come back. Please. I beg of you. Please. Listen to the next one, please. Please. <laughs>